0: In this episode.
1: That was one of those things, it's almost like a balloon popping. Yeah. And a little bit. You know, one of the many balloons he's got on. (laughs) Like, Like a bunch of grapes or one of those weird fetish films.
2: Welcome. You're listening to Paleo Cheese Podcast. Episode 13, part two. The Pretender,
0: with guest Armand Rosamelia.
2: Yeah. Let's Alrighty. get to this so we can uh, yeah, Armand go play with his Funkos.
0: That's, That's what I'm right. waiting for. I was waiting for the mail for yeah. to come because I got more Funko pops.
2: I own, I think, four of them. I have, uh, I'm really selective. I own uh, Special Agent Dale Cooper from Twin Peaks. <laughs> and I own um, uh, Jack Torrance, just the regular Jack Torrance from The Shining. Uh, Carrie, Bloody Carrie, and then uh, Jason, I want to get Michael Myers. Cause he's my favorite slasher, but
0: I have a uh, four of the MLB third series. That's what I'm waiting for. I have a uh, German, I have a baseball room. It's the entire room is baseball is yeah. red Sox and uh, old school like tops uh, rappers. I was born in 1969. So I collect, 1969 baseball, and I also collect Red Sox cards. Wow. So I have all my baseball cards and my comic books and everything in that room, but I have all the, we have signed bats, and we have um, tons and tons of jumbo shrimp stuff, so like the whole room is baseball, and then my my daughter's room is also my wife's Wonder Woman room. Uh, it's all like Linda Carter Wonder Woman, so the whole room is decked yeah. out. Uh, and, that, and then she has a Disney room, and then my office is all Comic, Marvel comics, and zombies, and Conan the Barbarian, and all my books
1: and everything. Behind. Me. See, we'll be we're we're going to talk, man. Me and you, because we, we are gonna we're gonna chat. Because I'm also a comic guy, man. I probably not not nearly as many as you've got, but I love comics. It got me into drawing. Talked to Lansdale about it, you know, um when he was on about different artists that I like and stuff like that. And so that's blowing my mind, buddy. And blowing my mind, dude, is this movie. It's called right.
2: The Pretender and it's directed by Jim Toscano and stars Mike Kunda. And um, it, it basically is just a, a very short documentary like 55 minutes long mm-hmm. about a guy who has a, um, a an obsession with not only just mostly the film Rocky but also Sylvester Stallone because he 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 would dip into any you know Stallone movie that would come out Rambo or or whatever by the costume and stuff, so yeah, it's just kind of a, his story on uh, how that started, um, as told by him, uh, his wife, his uh, his parents, and his brother. Just his journey through, you know, how it started and w- with the the Rocky obsession and
1: this movie. Uh, it, it took me totally by surprise. I was not anticipating this, you know, like you know, because we give we give guests the option. We anytime we have a guest on. We say provide us with three movies, and then we pick one of those three movies to watch. And so you you sent these three, and I forget what the other two were.
0: Yeah, well, uh, Red Dog was about a um, Luke Dick, who who actually has written a lot of big country songs, but his mom was a stripper in this uh, in this strip joint, and so growing up with this crazy, you know, uh, dads in and out, and his his mother who's still alive interviewing his mom, and it was just like a really Totally different story. And then the other one was Finding Sugar Man about a Detroit musician who put this one album out and then really never recorded again. But in Australia, I think the weirdest thing it became this huge like social thing, and everybody had this album and everybody listened (laughs) generations and he had no idea. And it had been bootlegged so many times. It, you know he so he made no money off of this but everybody knew his music and they thought he had died that was always the rumor before the internet and everything and they just assumed that he had died so when he came back it was pretty you know that was pretty cool like he ended up I guess touring out there too
2: there's a documentary uh called a band called death oh um, yeah yeah it reminds me With of that kids. Detroit band had recorded a record stuck it in the attic nobody knew it existed and stumbled across it and then all of a sudden it's like oh wow they got these black guys playing punk rock that was years before he even basketball. knew
0: what punk rock was yeah yeah i yeah. love i love those documentaries and I, I watch them i mean it's the same with the pretender I was like seriously some guy is really into rocky like this has <laughs> got to be this is gonna be funny and then when you watch it you're like this is a great movie
2: so jeremiah you seem to you seem to have really enjoyed it so when you're when you turn it on and you're watching those first like 10 minutes of the of the documentary and you're just like, yeah. uh, oh, no, what what is this garbage? Or you're like, oh, yeah, I'm digging this.
1: It wasn't like, what is this garbage? As in, you know, because there are some movies that you watch like Were Rooster and not to pile on Were Rooster again. We've already made clear we're not trying to be mean about that. But the first Both 10 minutes proof. of Were Rooster, you know, you are lamenting the fact that you even started it. Yeah. Um, But this movie was not that way. It was, I knew it was going to be crazy because this guy is lit for real about this. Like, this is not a joke <laughs> to this guy and not just to the guy, but like the dad, right? Like the dad is kind of in on it. And I liked the tension because, you know, I there's a, there's a site. I don't know if it's called the body language ghost or the body language coach or what that is, but basically it's this person that watches these videos and and she teaches about body language and stuff and kind of breaks down psychologically what's going on if the person's biting their lip or rubbing their hands real tight or clenched in and stuff. And the mom is a just, I would love to see a video on that channel about the mom because she turned away her face every time that dad got excited yeah. about it. Man, she turned her face away and and she there was a kind of a tell all statement that she made when she she said, well. I don't know what what Italian food has to do with Iraqi. I was
0: like, (laughs) "What?" And
1: and I thought, so so, but it it gave a lot of information in one sentence, right? So you have her her face and stuff. But but him, you know, I originally with just with the idea and impression of what I'm dealing with, I felt badly for him, or that he was just messed up, and that this was one of those movies where you're watching somebody who's just messed up. Yeah. But the guy, it it didn't take long before I realized this guy is actually a really nice-hearted guy. He seems actually like somebody you do. I'd chill with him. I'd go, to, I'd go to his thing, dude, and get pictures with him and show all my friends and be like, dude, check this out. You know, I saw, and unquestionably, with all the other lookalikes they had, unquestionably the best one. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he had a little bit of weight on him that, you know, if it wasn't there, he'd look even more convincing. But the thing is, is that his face, his eyebrows, his smile, his cheeks. I'm like, bro is straight up doppelganging this thing. (laughs) Like he's for real. So anyway, so first 10 minutes, I, I was down with it. I didn't have any problem. I I like watching movies like that. The quality seemed good and the people involved. It was a a curious ragtag group of people in that family. (laughs) So I felt this was going to be fun.
2: So Armand, I got two questions for you. One was. What made you decide, other than just that you like documentaries, what made you decide to even say, can we do a documentary?
0: You know, I had I, been following along, you guys, obviously, from the beginning when you first started. And, and you and I had had conversations before you even started the podcast about uh, mm-hmm. some of the things you want to do. So, and knowing you, I knew it was going to be, you probably have a lot of horror and stuff. So when you, you know, uh, sent me a message that, hey, do you want to be on an episode? It was kind of a knee jerk of, I don't want to do a horror movie, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know what. And I and actually, I had immediately thought of that movie. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to pitch you three documentaries. And, and, I, and, I, and I even said, you know, if you want me to pick something else, I will. Um, and that was kind of the thing, because I knew you hadn't done them before. And a lot of, I mean, a lot of podcasts won't even really, you know, won't touch them. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, and uh, again, that's what I mostly watch. I mean, that's hot, uh, documentaries is mostly what I'm I'm watching anyway.
2: Okay, you know, as I was watching, and it got to a point where he was mailing out the book, and I, I guess we'll just go ahead and do spoilers. Just, I mean, it's a documentary, but um, sure. he was mailing out the book to to Sly, and so I'm thinking, okay, here's the here's the big hook right here. Because we all want to see Sly get this, and then have their meeting, you know, have their beer on the couch together. And uh, I was a little—I mean, despite what happens at the end, end, you know, as credits roll, I was a little disappointed that things didn't come full circle and that we watched that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of—and I was kind of expecting it to happen because I—I I think a lot of the documentaries I've seen recently they are done over several years' time. Like uh, some of the ones that Netflix has, like The Confession Killer or um, the Ted Bundy one, I can't remember what it's called, or um, Don't F with Cats. These are gone over time, and they're almost like a, like these episodic cliffhanging documentary style, very unlike anything that I'd ever seen. So I've been kind of spoiled, too, with... Um, but
0: there's There's usually that last last 10 minutes or last 15 minute part to them where they've done all these things and in- inevitably they fail if they're mm-hmm. trying to meet a, a, a certain person or whatever and it fails. And then it's kind of like the addendum and on the end of the video where they do that. And I think they did it in this one, but yeah. just really the two of them hanging out rather than, you know, Sylvester Sloan talking about the book or him opening the package or, or any of those things, which you, you're right. We, we kind of get spoiled about because we've seen that, um, mm-hmm. a good, did you ever see, um, mission to Lars? That's yeah, another really good documentary.
2: I was thinking about that because I haven't seen it, but he, ge- I'm assuming he got to meet Lars.
0: It's, it's, uh, it's again, spoiler. He meets him. Um, but there's a lot of those false starts to it. Sort of. So, mm-hmm. so the, the guy, the, the kid who wants to meet is. um, uh, highly autistic, yeah, and so you can't have changes or anything. So when his sister tries to help him to meet Mar uh, Lars, there's a lot of you know emotional problems and everything. And mm. you get almost to the end, you're like, oh, I don't think this is going to happen. Um, it's kind of the same thing, and it's that traditional that you're we're all used to. I guess we're all spoiled in a documentary where you get to that, you know, this the end of the second act. It's kind of like a, uh, anything else is a book. Um, You don't think it's going to happen. And then, and inevitably it happens, you know, I think with this, with the pretender, we get all the way to the end of while it's a great story and everything. I also looked at it the same way as you did Chad, And I was like,
1: well, I want to see those two hanging out, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. I liked it better this way. So I'll be, I'll be the standalone on this one. And I'll explain that, you know, as I'm watching it, I anticipated that. Like, I anticipated what you guys are talking about that, oh, because he was specific, you know, sitting on a couch, drinking a beer or whatever, talking with Sly and, you know, a picture with him and, you know, his book and stuff and all this. And so be- because I was I just anticipated that because this was so serious of a film, I mean, this is not a joke. They're traveling around with them, you know, talking to different people. And it was well it was put together really nicely. And because he won the look-alike. You know, I figured that Sylvester Stallone's got to be aware of that kind of stuff and a documentary being done about it. So maybe they worked with him, And then in the end, it was going to be like, yay. And it gets to the end. And I was actually hurt for him. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, it was another one of these things that he just didn't quite make it. And then it starts rolling the credits. And then all of a sudden, man, that picture pops up of Sylvester Stallone reading that book and all the family, every member went oh, like this, and everybody had that moment because we all just gave up hope. It was like, it's over, and all of a sudden that happened, and then we thought it was that that was it. It was like, oh, well, dude, okay, that's so awesome. He wanted a picture of him, and he stated that too, that he wanted a picture of him holding the book, but then all of a sudden, it's them talking, and I thought it was cool because what Sylvester Stallone says. You know, I mean, he's dealing with a guy who, you know, is – He's a, a gentle hearted guy, real sincere, bizarre scenario. I mean, it is. I mean, it's taken LARPing like to an extreme. It it's, <laughs> it is. I'm not meaning to be mean about that. I'm being like, you know, that's sometimes that's that happens. Um, but if you're meeting somebody like that, you have like two roads you can go down. You can go down this guy's road or you've got Stan from that Eminem song. <laughs> right. That's like, like, bro, this guy's not Stan. Okay. This guy is like not in that crazy world with that, and so, but but Sylvester Stallone had to know, and I don't, I feel bad saying Sylvester had to know. I don't know him on a first name basis, so Stallone had to know, you know, kind of what this guy's going through. And the one thing that they brought out, and they probably talked about a lot more, but the thing that they brought out in the film was that he he always remembers the the credits, the people in the credits. Because without them, and it was kind of almost an encouraging thing that if a guy's trying to be like Stallone, and in his brain, he's one guy, that St- Stallone tells him it's that one guy is based on a lot of these people. Mm. And I think that that's actually a healthy thing that he said to him, because in some ways, he reminded me a little bit of Goose Wayne. And I don't know if you guys know who Goose Wayne is, but he's a guy who basically became Batman and was wearing a Batman costume everywhere. And when he wouldn't wear the costume, he had black circles around his eyes (laughs) for whatever reason. Um, You know, so he has kind of that Goose Wayne dynamic. And it it took PewDiePie making a video encouraging him to say, look, you're actually a good guy. You can take this, but also you can also be somebody bigger than Goose Wayne. Okay. And, and in that way, I think it was probably an encouraging word. And I, I'd be interested to know, man, what the what the guy in the movie what what is uh what his thoughts were after that about that specific line
0: and well, how that may have impacted. I mean, you should, it's funny you should say that because after uh, literally five minutes after I watched the movie, I went on Twitter and I found his Twitter account and the movie, the Pretender movie, uh, and I basically tweeted out, I just saw this great documentary, everybody uh, needs to watch this, and they both, the, the filmmaker and uh, Mike Kundit both sent me a message and thanked me, and I immediately said, I want to have you on my podcast, I want to talk to you, uh, so I had him on Arm, Armcast Podcast, also here on Project Entertainment Network, uh, yeah. I interviewed, I interviewed him. And, uh, and I wish I had the episode number. I'm too lazy to get the episode number. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I actually interviewed him. And not only is the interview, is like, you know, half an hour and 45 minutes. But I probably talked to him for almost two hours. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things, I mean, basically, uh, he's since met uh, Sylvester Sloan Sly. Uh, he's met him a bunch of times. He was um, at the, when they were filming uh, Creed, and I think Creed 2. Uh, he's 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 hung out with them a bunch of different times and uh they're they're talking about I, they even talk about maybe uh this was before all everything you know coronavirus and everything uh doing a rocky store in philly uh together and doing different uh, projects and stuff like that and and that was one of the things i think is it instilled in him so that's just be be yourself i mean this is great mm-hmm. that you're you're doing all this this stuff, but um, I, th- you know, I think je- he genuinely, Sylvester, so generally liked Mike for Mike as mm-hmm. well. Uh, yeah. So it, it's you know because it gets to that point, I'm sure, where it's got to drive the family crazy and everything else that you're constantly the mom. Yeah, well, yeah, especially <laughs> yeah. the mom. I mean, even the even yeah. the even the wife was a little bit like, you know, hey, I just I, I want to watch something other than Rocky, you
1: yeah. know. Tonight. she was also really encouraging it, I don't want to ask vicariously like you're, you know channeling him or anything but I you know I was kind of wondering there's a scene in the film and I wonder if he brought it up with you because I would love to I'd love to talk to him about this but at the end it was really encouraging to see all of the new things that he'd done and how he was doing these things for children there's a scene of him uh, with a woman with uh, special needs right walking with her it was and my brother has special needs I grew up in uh, with a lot of people in that community. And so it's really close to my heart on that. It made me cry a little bit actually. Um, But there was a scene in the movie where part of me felt like, man, he's really taking this too, too far. But there was also a part of me that said he's actually onto something. And that is when he went back to the home. Right. And he's, he's in that area where he's talking about it. And there's a person who comes out and says, Rocky ain't done shit. You know, like I've been here 24 years and he's never done shit. He's, you know, and it really messed with him badly. Okay. Yeah. And he was really emotionally. And I thought, I wonder if if one of the things that he does is to say, you know what? I'm doing all of these things. I want to do something that actually helps that specific area. I wonder. I don't know. But I mean, something something that was um, on my mind.
0: In the film, he's definitely really, I mean, he, he can't shake that. He's really hurt by that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you see him driving away, and he he talked to his wife or whatever. I mean, you can see that it's, he just—not even that he's mad. I think he's just really upset that somebody would would think that way. You know,
1: I wondered if it's because his hero that there is—you know—it's easy to idolize, and, and you never really heard him say a negative thing like that mm-hmm. he's imperfect, right? Uh, because it's it, it's idealized in his mind. Um, yeah, you yeah, never
0: heard. You didn't hear him say. Well, and one of his worst films, or maybe my favorite, or nothing. It's everything he's. Tango and Cash is the greatest movie ever. Yeah. Rocky is the greatest movie ever. I mean, it's just everything Sylvester Stone has ever played is the greatest movie to this guy.
1: And this was something where it was somebody he doesn't know in the most iconic place. Yeah. That he would assume that this ideal figure in his brain would benefit, you know. And they're even, his wife's even trying to kind of excuse it, like, Well, that maybe that person hasn't lived here very long. (laughs) It's just a possibility that that Stallone hasn't really, that that place is just kind of trash, to be honest. I mean, it may be just kind of a rough part of town. And that people who go there, that they don't feel as though they see it on TV and they're wondering, well, okay, it's iconic. People come here, but, you know, and so that was one of those things. It's almost like a balloon popping.
0: Yeah.
1: And a little bit. You know, one of the many balloons he's got on, <laughs> like, yeah. like a bunch of grapes or one of those weird fetish films, you know, like popping the balloons and stuff. And that was just one of the one of the things. But it really stood out to me. And so I I've, I wondered, you know, because that hit so close to home for him and really messed with him, if he's gone and done anything like it. anyway. But it, it's fascinating.
2: There's not a whole lot to dissect it. You know, it was, when I got done watching the movie, I, I was like, how are we going to dissect this? Because... You know, it's not like anything is left for interpretation. I mean, it's his documentary, so I'm a bit of a loss for words uh, regarding my thoughts uh, on it. But I think that the two things that I took away from it the most were, well, maybe three. First of all, the guy is uh, a really, really uh, nice guy, you can tell. He's got a great heart. Um, great heart. I, yeah, it's bizarre that he has this... Um, obsession or whatever but i like that he was able to never really as as strange as it was and how much he fought just constantly being this way you know i I don't know how much money he makes doing what he does like the tours and stuff but continue to do that and find a niche for it you know find like-minded people i mean he had a whole bus full of people and i'm like seriously these people are that into rocky that he found all these people like this and Mike,
0: he told me before the pandemic and everything, he's booked for like a year or two out now. See,
2: since, that's great. Since, since that's the great movie, to hear.
0: yeah, since the movie hit, I mean, he's booked pretty far out now. There's great interest in, uh, I mean, obviously in the Rocky movies and all that to begin with, but then the added of this guy is Rocky. I mean, mm-hmm. that's got to be uh, that's that's got to be impressive right there.
2: Yeah, and what's that's so weird. And I just kept thinking about this over and over again is it's almost like he was born to be obsessed because the dude looks like Rocky man. And, and, I mean, and
0: that's, that's my, that was my thing too is like, if he was like, you know, a six foot five skinny blonde guy, yeah, you know, I mean, there's nothing you can, you can do to make yourself into Rocky. But I mean, even looking at, you know, he got his obsession when he was 12. But if you look at him, You know, at a young age, he he had that same physique and that same type of build to begin with. I mean, there's some changes there, his hair and different things. And he learned the mannerisms And this. When I interviewed him, when we talked before, he's very quiet. And, uh, you know, he's still got that, you know, Pennsylvania, New York accent. You can you can hear that northeast Mm -hmm. accent and then when we started he was immediately like yo what's going on you know and he immediately jumped into character but then <laughs> as the interview goes he kind of he's somewhere in between mm-hmm. you know so he's he's aware of I'm doing the rocky impersonation but I'm also myself but you you wonder watching the film and then talking to him, I wondered where does one where does sly begin and and like yeah. end you know because it's real easy uh, when your whole life is is based on that character, you know it's not like you're in a movie. You're an actor, and you even you know some guys who get so completely into it. I mean, look at uh, Jim Carrey when he did the, um, you know, when he does his roles and he gets so deep into it, and he and and he's Andy Kaufman for six months. But then you go on to something else. This guy's been doing this for like twenty five, thirty years now.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, super dedicated. The other two things that I got out of it were, one was um, the the lesson that his dad taught him at the wrestling match is just a super important lesson. I mean, just that small thing where he, you know, when when his dad said, if you don't do this now, you'll continue to do this type of thing and you'll give up in the future. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, to stick that out. And that's so true, man. I mean, that could have really shaped who he was, just that, that moment, you know, because... Yeah it's true if you don't just like facing a fear or something if you don't uh it could snowball then then all of a sudden you lack the courage because you have no you don't have that experience of feeling um the worst that can happen and know that you live through it you know like obviously it was trivial it's just getting gonna lose a a wrestling match but when you're in in school that kind of stuff is a is a, a big deal yeah so but just like you know, just like falling in love and then getting your heart broke and the first time it happens it's just it's the end of the world and no one's felt as low as you have and that you'll never recover and and then the second time it happens, and Lord willing that it, it that doesn't happen, but but it certainly did for me more than a couple of times. But the second time, you know, uh, okay, I'm this hurts like hell, but I am I got this. I'm gonna live through this. But having you know the same kind of thing, if you don't go through something like that, then um, you've got nothing to uh, kind of let yourself know that you're going to be okay. And then the, the, the most important, or the to me, the most important thing, and the, the thing that I liked most about the movie was the relationship with his wife and how awesome that woman is, because she's a, she was just such a huge supporter and every man has got to have someone like that you know i have someone like that i know you do i on in jeremiah right. and you too and we talked a little bit about this the importance of a good woman in our life when we were talking about lansdale when i told uh listeners that i would leave jeremiah behind for a woman any day
1: <laughs> yeah yeah yeah,
2: and, uh, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> but but the uh yeah I, I just I, I enjoyed seeing that because I had seen um, a documentary recently called um, I think it might be on Shutter, but it's the one where all the people put all of their time and effort and money into creating a haunted house for Halloween time sometimes just turning their house into it or building onto their house temporarily to have this uh, haunted attraction. And some of these people are real weirdos. There was this one guy, and you could clearly tell it was affecting his marriage like in a big way. She was his wife wasn't happy, and rightly so. You could tell obviously this guy is a great guy behind the scenes, or else his wife would not be that supportive and that tolerant. You could tell he probably treats her really well, and I love seeing stuff like that. I love seeing.
0: it goes both ways because she's yep. so supportive of him and he, so did you did you get to see the Joe Lansdale the documentary the popcorn king I'm
2: in it but I'm in the special features right I, yeah, so it,
0: yeah so I watched it the other day and it's one of those things where obviously he's not getting anywhere without his wife right basically saying stay home for a couple months and mm-hmm. basically launch <laughs> launch this amazing career yeah. you know i mean it, it could have easily been one of those things where she said it's not about the money it's about you not sitting on your butt while I'm at work all the time so get out there and and go do this Mm -hmm. and you see a lot of our peers in the writing community that have wives and husbands and spouses like that that Mm -hmm. are you know they hate that uh, that we're wasting time or it's a hobby or you could be doing something else and we're all very lucky because we have somebody in our lives that are 100% supportive. It's not about, you know, money. A lot of times I'll say to my wife, oh, I, uh, "I, you know, the only way this is going to work is if I run ads." And she says, "Run ads." Well, it'll cost me a couple hundred bucks. She's like, "I don't yeah. look at this yeah. long term. Yeah. It, it do it that way." Oh, you know, I need an audio book, but it's a thousand dollars. Spend the thousand dollars. Are we going to make that money later on? Then don't worry about it. You know, her thing is if I'm having fun. And I'm breaking even, and we're not—we don't have to sell the house or anything. And and for me, thank God, she has a phenomenal career, and uh, so it allows it—it it allows me a lot more room to maneuver and freedom. But I don't understand that. I still nickel and dime everything. In my mind, I'm still—I don't want to spend twenty dollars. I mean, it's funny because I'll say to her, uh, "Honey, can I buy a, a t-shirt?" And she's like, "Yeah." Why are you asking me? I'm like, "Well, it's like twenty-five dollars," and she's like. OK, but I'm still that mentality. of I don't I don't and I literally don't have any idea how much money we have in the bank or anything. I, I, I don't want to know. I'm creative and she is so totally with the numbers. And everything. that's what she does for a living. So it works out really well. Um, and but that's what you need. I mean, you need that that other uh, person in your life who just understands you. I mean, within reason, you know, if you, you if you say, hey, I'm going to go and I want to build an ark in the yard. And because we're going to save all the animals on the planet, maybe you're a little nutty. Or you say, "Hey, I'm going to, hey, honey, I'm going to build a rocket ship on the on the roof, and then we're going to go to Mars." You, 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 maybe you have a problem. But um, for what we for what we do, it, it's so easy to be able to just get up and not worry about that in the back of your mind. Of oh, great, this is going to be a fight tonight because instead of hanging out with her, I'm writing or I'm doing something else.
2: Mm-hmm. what you said about the t-shirt man i wish my wife was here in this right now because that conversation has been had so many times in here that's just my mentality it's you know she'll go out and she'll get whatever she wants and maybe nickel and diamonds for a while and then it's me i'm just like uh, i can't count the times i've like saw a shirt or a record or something put it in the cart kind of teased myself saw the shipping yep. and it was like ah, no. yeah and then I'll, I'll go back and then i'll be like Hey hon, you know I, there's this shirt, man. I, I like to get what you think, and she's like, "Well, get it. I don't care." And she, and she's like, almost to the point where it's like, like unwise. Like if I were to say, "But this audiobook I need is thousand dollars." Well, get it. You need it, right? Yeah. And I'm, and I'm like, and I'm thinking, me, I'm thinking, well, what about, what about the bills? This might be a bad idea. Blah blah blah. So yeah, it's funny that you'd say that like that because that's my
0: wife always says, if we can't afford it, I'll just say. No, yeah. you can't afford that right now. Otherwise, you're you're fine.
2: Mm-hmm. You
0: know. Hey, uh, for for Jeremiah, real quick, totally off topic, we're talking about t shirts. Uh, I know on a past episode you talked about uh, you're a you're a child of the '90s, and yeah. uh, you mentioned Nirvana. I just want you to see. I'm I'm wearing my Nirvana shirt for
1: you. Oh yeah, man, dude, yes. I don't know if he gets it yeah. Yeah, no, he doesn't get he it. He doesn't get it. Dude, is that freaking handsome? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, dude, I just I just watched Frank McCluskey CI dude, and Hanson's on there, man. Yeah, I wear this shirt all the time. Yes,
0: hardly anybody will will say anything. I even had a girl who was wearing uh, who's at the house who was wearing a Nirvana shirt, and she's like, "Oh, cool, we're both wearing Nirvana shirts." And I was like, "Really? Seriously? Like they just?" I've had a couple people that have left because they they realize what the shirt is.
2: Yeah, I, I saw a picture of you wearing that uh, probably a couple of years ago, and I la- I saw it right away. I laughed. <laughs>
1: I it's saw it mean. once it got once I enlarged the screen. Man, I had it on the half screen, so I got this little easy. I got yeah. this little easy squinting at it like this, and I saw. It, I said, "Man, I don't know what that is, bro." I did. Yeah. I did
0: like your uh, Jack Flag shirt from a yeah. few episodes ago. Too so that was pretty
2: cool. Yeah. Did you hear that uh, the guitarist? Uh, yeah. Uh, made it take it down. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah but i i've got one so so that's okay
1: you know with with this movie man you guys mentioned something about the you know the lesson about the the wrestling and my kids they I, lo- I love watching stuff with my kids you know they they're pretty pretty clever pretty quick actually on a lot of this stuff and they were like you know yeah because I've shown them rocky and everything not the whole movie, but I've they've seen all the previews. They've seen cer- certain scenes of it.
2: Oh, they got to watch it.
1: Now they have to watch it. Oh, now they want to watch it. But they yeah. they figured out that they were kind of like, you know, so is it kind of like our our mottos of never give up and keep on smiling, right? The idea that no matter how hard you just keep going and you have, you know, to not quit. And it's my daughter. I mean, she's 10, man. <laughs> like, And she was figuring this out. And she said, well, that's kind of what this guy is doing. Cause it was the scene where he goes in and you feel badly for him, man, because he's in that, he has a pretty cool little gig where he goes to that restaurant and it's the Stallone night, you know? So yeah. he's in there and dude, he's nailing it. To be honest, even his hands, like the way that he moves his hands when he talks, I'm like, he is seriously like, <laughs> dude,
2: he was, dude, he was bombing. He was bombing big time.
1: Oh, you said th- he thought he was blowing. It. Oh yeah. He was great,
0: but I don't think they got it. I think, uh, I think at first he really, yeah. need, really wasn't, uh, I mean, you can even see he's kind of sweating at one point too. He's kind of standing
1: oh, yeah. back. Th- that's that's what well, no, I'm saying like. that the people, his delivery maybe, but right. when he was talking in the camera and it shows his body moving, I was like, that looks like Sylvester Stallone. Oh, yeah. he's, he sounds like it, but there was something, there was an old dude and maybe they emphasize it for the point of it. You know, you don't really know the order. Like it did it magically all of a sudden become super, happy, right, and powerful right, right. kind of thing, internet, you know, right. but at the same time, you know, there was an old guy sitting there just not down. And then he, he gets the more he's like, so are you here for the food or Sylvester Stallone night? You, he, you should never ask that kind of question anyway. <laughs> right. I mean, it's just like, dude, bro, don't, what don't do this. That? And, and she said for the food right to his face. And I thought, number one, that lady is a little bit of a douche. I mean, that's like the first thing, like she's really a jerk. Um, I mean, even if she was there for the food, you got a camera on a guy. You have a really? guy legit trying to do it, putting on good makeup. He's out in the places doing it for this. Just play along for crying out loud. But, but he rolled with it, dude. And he go and he laughed and he goes, you know, at least you're on this kind of thing, you know? And it was just, I sat there and I was, I was like, dude, I'm proud of you, buddy. I'm proud of you. And and the way they interplayed it with the, the, That's the sweet. dad telling the story mm-hmm. and all of that. And you know, on a positive note about it, you know, cause I've said something about the mom and I, I, you know, I hope he watches this man. I hope he checks it out, you know, and everything. And I don't want to make it sound like his mom's, you know, not, not down with it. I think that the tell all is the tell all. I think that, you know, I, I'd be interested to hear if I'm wrong, but at the same time I thought what was awesome was that at the very end of it, right. After everything had been said and done that last line, she says, she's, she says something like, he's my son. And dude, she's, and, and she, Every time she talked, man, her face would like turn and her lips would tighten. Right. And you could tell like, or she'd kind of wipe her lips or like move her fidget and stuff. And I'm like, oh man. And then all of a sudden when it came to this, her face got right there and it lit up. You could see how, how she was tapping into that motherly love for her son. And I said, that's a woman who would die for her son. She may not get the Rocky stuff all the way. It may not be even her thing. And she might be like, well, I wish that he stuck with optometry or, or being a cop. I thought that was amazing. The guy was successful. He's a corporate dude, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, He's corporate. So, I mean, it's not like he, it's not like he's not talented. He's in fact, multi-talented if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, But that, that moment where she said that, I'm like, there's mom, that's mom. And yeah. she loves him to death. She, it's a weird story. You got to give it to her. Right. She may not understand all of it. Like the dad is in on it and stuff, but at the end of the day, she's proud of her son and she's, and I can only imagine that she's more proud than ever now because of all of the things he's done since, you know, that this all began where he's doing these really cool projects for all different people. And I just, I, it was inspiring actually.
2: So what's your overall rating for then?
1: My overall rating, man, you know, I, you kill me with this, Chad. You, you kill me with it. Number one, you don't like my decimal system. That's the first thing. Number two, if I say like, hey, man, that was a that was a, an eight or a nine, you're like, what? Kind of thing. And I'm like, bro, like compared to what? Like in the world of documentaries or just by itself? I may have a lot of tens in my life. But I, I would say that, that for, it depends on what you're asking for. The story, dude, this is so unique. I don't know of any other story quite like this. I mean, you know. I mean, I guess people who do like air guitar and stuff, you know, with their mouth, mouth, mouth bass or whatever, you know, and all that. Those people might have documentaries. There are documentaries of people who do the LARP stuff that really do take it seriously and keep the accent in everyday life. Way too serious. Yeah, way too (laughs) serious. Bronies. Yeah, bronies, dude. Yeah. So this is like one of those things, you know, uh, furries. But, um, you know, I would say that this is. Because of the level of it where it's like super, it, it's super bizarre if you think about it. it, but it, it layers it with family. It gives the background of it. It shows, it has a positive message about doing what you love and, and fighting with all of your might and, and not quitting something you start and ultimately to be yourself. Even if it means being kind of like somebody else, you know, cause there are people out there like that that if you add all of that together and the way because I thought it was pretty masterful, the way that they, the way that they laid it out, I think it was a very well put together film. Yeah. You know, I, it, it, I was not bored at all. There wasn't any part where I was like, well, I, I'm kind of wanted to turn this off. None of that. So, you know, I give it, I give it a 4.4, 4. <laughs> you know, I'll do that. Cause 4.4 4 is cooler than 4.3. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what do you what, what do you think about it, man? What would you what would you give this film, Chad?
2: Well, when I saw the trailer, um, I was intrigued right away. I think it was the first trailer I watched for the three that that Armand picked, and immediately I was like, I wanted to see this one. Um, I didn't realize that it was such a heartfelt thing and kind of a a lesson learning thing, um, with kind of a happy ending. Uh, in this journey, I thought it was going to be more exploitative, mm-hmm. which it was not in any in any way. It was not. So and that was kind of that was kind of neat. It was kind of refreshing that made it different than than how I thought it was going to be originally. You know, I like seeing both his brother and his dad be so encouraging um, and supportive and uh, particularly his wife. That was really nice to see. Um, but based on my rating, uh, I gave it a uh a three. I, I've got my own little thing right here. A three for me is uh, I might recommend it, it definitely has entertainment value. Are you disappointed, Jeremiah?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm disappointed, dude. Definitely you let has, me down. Uh, entertainment you let me value.
2: Well, the thing is, when I got done watching it, I was like, I'm gonna give this a 2.75 uh,
1: out,
2: <laughs> out of uh, five. But as we talked more, and I and I said out loud some of the things I liked about it. You know, I upped it in a quarter of a star to to three. But again, back to the documentaries that I've been watching this last year or two um, have just been mind-blowing, like the best documentaries I've ever seen in my life. And they're like, you know, six-episode deals. This is just shy of an hour. But I'm glad we got a chance to watch it. I thought it was unique that we were able to watch this. So what,
0: what did you think there, Armand? Well, obviously, I, I loved it because I picked it. I'm I'm going to give it a, uh, a, and I've seen a ton of documentaries, I'm going to give it a solid 4.7. Yeah. And I look at it as I liked it enough to immediately jump on Twitter and tweet it out, which I don't do all the time, and mm-hmm. actually to start talking to the guy, uh, Mike, who starred in it. And, uh, you know, one thing led to another, and, uh, and awesome. we actually talked. So, um, you know I I
2: liked it a lot Jeremiah, was I any, agree man was there yeah. any like you know legit lesson that you walked you know you're like man this movie really helped me in this certain area after I watched you know, it like,
1: you, know, you know it was it's funny because normally you know I, I'm kind of you know kind of grasping for for these lessons you know and trying to really dig deep and th- this one just had so many lessons popping out you know that never give up and uh, keep on smiling, do what you love. There's so many of these kind of things, you know, about life. Um, and uh and giving it everything you got, even even if it hurts, man. Um but there were there was a lesson I was gonna I was gonna use it because there's a part in there where he talks about um a perm with his hair. Uh, but the thing is, is I did that before with mine. And it's so embarrassing that I decided, nope, I ain't doing that. <laughs> I said, because I don't want to have to show a picture. <laughs> it's bad, dude. And, and my mom, she used a, a curling iron one time. I, I wanted to have a real, I kind of had a little bit of a mullet, right? Like it was a hullet, like a half mullet or whatever they call it. Um, And so I wanted to make it curly, you know, like a lot of the guys I saw on TV and stuff that had it. And my mom, I was going out with my grandma to this, I don't know where we went to Bill Naps or something to eat food. And my mom's like, I was so sad because I couldn't, I couldn't get it done. And, and she used a curler and that was terrible, you know, and I, the only other experience I kind of had like that is when I learned that I couldn't have a kid and play haircut, I really wanted one badly. And that's not a joke. I'm being dead serious about it. And I cried, dude, I was really young and I was just insistent that I wanted a, a haircut like that. And I was even thinking, well, maybe I can get like a cardboard cutout and, you know, make it that way and wear it to school. And I, I'm glad that never happened. Um, that would
0: you know <laughs> like old Kid Rock. Remember when Kid Rock had that? When he
1: first yeah. saw that. he had that hair like that. Oh, my gosh. And I'm just like, well, you know, and they're like, you have thin, really thin hair, buddy. And, you know, <laughs> it's not going to work. Um, but no, but but the lesson really was this, man, is that. In life, you know, there are certain there are certain reasons and certain places, you know, that, you know, you, you may be in a destination, you find something to kind of go out of the way and you go, for example, you know, like the the tall dinosaur thing in, in Pee Wee's Big Adventure, you know, that kind of thing. Or, or the largest ball of twine, you know, getting off the road. But there is really no reason to go to Ohio. And so. That would be my, that's my lesson is Ohio sucks. There's no reason representing baby and uh, no, no reason to go to Ohio. If you got to pick, go check out that ball of toy. So what was your lesson there, man? If you could take anything right and process it, you know, do all the mathematics that you do and all the kind of discernment that you've got going on in the brain and in the heart with this, what's the lesson dude, that you would take away from this movie?
2: Um, for sure, man. If I if I ever, you know, were to find myself and it could happen. I don't know. If I were to ever find myself uh losing a wrestling match, I, I will definitely go back into that kiddie pool filled with jello or mud or whatever it is, and I will finish that wrestling match.
0: <laughs> come come down here to Florida, Daytona, and, and jello where I'm putting and me and Jeremiah gonna be right there, going get Chad, get back in there. Yeah, you you can beat that biker chick. Get
2: back in that side of jail. I I, I appreciate the encouragement, you guys.
1: I think I- <laughs> We're keeping you accountable, buddy. Keeping you accountable. Yeah, dude, it's been tons of fun, man. It's been awesome to get to speak with you, meet this way, right? Maybe one day, meet face to face. I want to see that glorious, that glorious facial hair you've got, man. It's legendary. And, uh, so, but it's just been really cool and and get really cool to, to become more familiar with your work. I'm really excited, dude, to read, uh, what you've got, especially the one about the baseball, man. I'm super pumped and I'm really pumped. I got to see, I want to see that, that room dedicated to it, man. I'll share some pictures with you of some of the baseball cards and things that I've got. And, uh, but it's just it was really cool, man. And not only that, but it was such a cool documentary, right? Definitely better than it than a three. Um, <laughs> 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 but, but it was, it was oh, really cool, really cool documentary. And so I encourage people. I'm I'm excited to go back. I'll scroll through your podcast and uh, and find that to to check it out. And I really, you know, I'll go on Twitter and even tweet to this guy because I it just it was really cool. So I'm really it's been a pleasure to to speak with you. And if there's you know. Anything you'd like to say, any any specific website that people can go to, any project that they can look into at the moment, uh, we'll give you a couple minutes here to just let them know.
0: The so, easiest way to find me is uh, armandrosamilia.com. And I'm very active on Twitter, Armand Author. I'm on uh, Instagram as Project Entertainment Network. Uh, if you go to com, you will find this podcast as well as 30 more other great podcasts, including my two podcasts. And, uh, those are the, uh, I'm, a, I'm on Facebook, uh, author Armand Rosamilia, and, uh, somebody created in Armand Rosamilia fan club on, uh, Twitter. I mean on uh, Facebook that I pop in all the time and I'll drop stuff in there and everything. And always, always writing, always podcasting, always trying to get something uh, new out there. But it was, uh, it was uh, awesome talking to you and and, uh, and meeting you. We will definitely have to uh talk more baseball together and as always Chad it is uh, an honor to uh hang out with you and, and see you again.
2: Definitely man. Yeah, and, and this is the first uh first time that we actually got to like no. Yeah, you know, we yeah. talked about bunch Thanks of times. But, yeah. And and you and Chuck need to double down on your uh Mondo method uh episode so I can uh not go through them so fast. <laughs> 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 we
0: will we'll try. I mean, you, there's there's two hundred, two hundred plus up there. I mean, we're, we're, yeah, we're going I, as fast I, as yeah. There's
2: still there's some back catalog I still can go through for sure. There's something yeah. about listening to um, like the new. It's like yeah. uh, with certain podcasts that I that I enjoy, but I have gone I have gone way back and.
0: Well, it's funny after doing mm-hmm. it for like I think we're on our fourth year now. And some of the stuff we talked about four years ago makes no sense now. <laughs> or thing, Things aren't things have changed so much. I, I think we did an episode on uh, Thunderclap. Do you remember Thunderclap? Yes. Mm-hmm. And, which doesn't, I, mean, it, I, I think it exists as a pay site now. Uh, and there's another one. There's a couple of different ones and they don't even exist anymore. So it's funny how everything has, everything changes so quickly for us.
2: Yeah. Yeah. In the publishing world, for sure. Jeremiah, where can they find yeah. us at?
1: Oh, dude! They can find us all over the place, and it's it's super duper easy, man. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Just check out Paleo Cheese and uh, Acast uh, Project Entertainment Network. We've got our we have to actually put our new our new logo up because we have our new logo. It's on it's on YouTube, I think, and on Twitter. Yes, no, on right. YouTube. Oh, dude! It's shared it. I haven't actually yes. shared it yet, dude. It's totally awesome. Yeah, we'll, we'll, it'll be, it'll be shared by the time this podcast goes up. And so you got to check it out. You got to like it. Original artwork, totally awesome. And it'll make, it'll make everybody laugh. I mean, people will, will still make our awesome memes because we, we always, we have a fun time with those. It's always kind of the same faces with the, the aviator glasses and stuff, you know, and the goofy faces. We always like doing that, but we need, we needed to kind of have our own little logo, you know, our own, our own symbol and picture. And so we, we commissioned an artist to do that. And, uh, we love what we got so they can, they can do all of that. And of course, email us, make sure to email us at paleo at gmail.com and paleo cheese with a Z. Okay. Because you put that in search engines, man, they're pretty dumb. The algorithm doesn't, hasn't figured it out yet. And so it's always like you look it up and they're like, here's a, here's a cheese recipe for the paleo diet. And you're like, dude, nobody cares. Nobody cares. They're all looking for us. So just change it <laughs> right now, immediately. And so, plus you, plus, you guys have given me that
0: great 30-second head spot. You can, <laughs> uh, you can hear that on 30-other podcast as well, which is
1: good. Oh, a chainsaw to the heart, Armand. No, it's true. It's true. We will get this, man. We've talked okay. about it. We actually we talked about it this past week. We talked about like, well, actually, 30, to be frank,
0: seconds, Jeremiah, I mean, <laughs> seconds. <laughs> about a, like a five hour
1: thing. 30 I, I
2: think what's taken us so long is we were trying to get creative.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And now and now, and now we're just going to use this. We're just going to use this 30 seconds. This is it. No Paleo no cheese. No. This is all of it. Thanks no, for anyway. listening. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Well, I hope you have a really good night. Both of you been a ton of fun can't wait to come back for another fantastic episode paleo cheese yo what's going on everybody
2: my name is duncan and i'm the host of the podcast hash time with duncan on this show i tackle all the biggest sports stories between the hashes and beyond if it's a big story i'm going to talk about it and give you my opinion on it subscribe to my show wherever you get your podcast all you have to do, search Hashtime with Duncan. And you can follow the show on Twitter at Hashtime with D. Peace.